Welcome to the Exchange for the Exchange podcast, where we exchange ideas about current events, pop culture, and theology. And live. we are on air, boys. Okay. You are live. For the record, <laughs> Josh Pinnell is laughing. Nikolai Carpathia. <laughs> so gentle. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what Alex is going to say at this point. Welcome to the Exchange podcast. I know that your ears may be hearing an unfamiliar voice right now. Mm, an angel voice. Boys, I think I think it's appropriate to begin our episode with a healthy dose of transparency, mm. of, <laughs> of accountability. Let's just be honest, man. Come to the altar. The podcast. The podcast broke up for creative disagreements. You know, we had we had our fight. We broke down the bridges. We broke down the lines of communication. We, We're uh, going to therapy now. We stopped talking. You know. We stopped discussing. You know, we, we said, you know what? I don't want to fight anymore. I don't, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Let's just stop. But then lines were opened back up, and, uh, and I, think, I think we're the better for it. You know, I think we're the better for it. Uh, how do you guys feel about our uh, breakup and then reuniting? Man, I'm just so glad that you guys finally see things my way. Mm, you know I'm what? So I think glad. it's time to call this episode an end. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, what people don't see is that we're going to therapy, and that's been very helpful. And we wanted to go to somebody who was non-religious, non-biased. Neutral. Someone neutral. Just neutral. Yeah. So we've been uh, seeing Dr. Phil. Mm -hmm. And he's been great, guys, honestly. I I really thought, you know, he's not the guy I thought he would be behind closed doors. I think we made a lot of good progress. I'm just really sad that over all this, the real victim was the wheel. um, Because... (laughs) And that's kind of what started this whole thing off. Well, I just, I can tell that as we were fighting over custody, the wheel was was the one who who really felt it listen i didn't realize that we weren't supposed to use it for other things okay i didn't let's, realize let's not get into this let's not get into this and like i said josh it's being fixed <laughs> remember dr phil says avoid conflict at all costs let's move on okay we've had our fights we're back and the first thing that we want to talk about are comeback stories mm. this, this is our comeback story okay let's uh let's talk about comeback stories you know why do they seem to appear anywhere uh just things like that go josh dude number one comeback story rocky balboa mm. <laughs> when, when he comes back in rocky in too, every single back. movie he comes back <laughs> dude, no no dude he loses sometimes two when he comes back and he fights apollo creed one of the best comeback stories of all time without a doubt man without a mm-hmm. doubt dude. when in rocky four when he turns that hostile russian crowd and they start ch- chanting usa mm. <laughs> knowing that after the match they're all going to be killed for turning on their country you know he did something special there what are some other comeback stories speaking of boxing george foreman came back <laughs> in his 40s didn't he george <laughs> he came back for one more round he got off the grill. Speaking of boxing. <laughs> Dude, that was a class. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know about George Foreman, dude. I don't know what. I don't know. Dude, he is a seasoned boxer. Mm-hmm. Seasoned, like me, like a like a fine steak. Yes. Like a fine steak that's been had. That's how all the fat grilled off of it. Yes. Mm. I don't know, man. Comeback stories. Well, Josh, why don't you tell us why we love comeback stories? Why do we love comeback stories? Dude, everyone loves a comeback yes. kid. Everyone loves a comeback kid. You know, when Brett Favre says one more year, everyone loves that, you know? Dude, I hate that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, so Brett Favre, uh, comeback, and a pretty good comeback story at that. Um, but, you know, maybe the fans doesn't know, but I'm, I'm a pretty avid Green Bay Packer fan. You know, I remember 
in 2009, I believe. He said he's going to retire. We all cried with him. You know, we're all like, man, a legend has fallen. You know, an era has ended. And we all moved on, frankly. Then he just kept texting us, man. He just kept, you know, <laughs> say, you know, saying, hey, you know, I made a big mistake. I miss you. I want to get back together. And then he came back, and then the Packers ended up trading him to the Jets, left the Jets, and joined the rival Minnesota Vikings going to the NFC Championship game. Like, it's just so so interesting, man. Dude, I'm not the one that brought Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, no, I, okay, so I have a theory for why everyone loves comeback stories besides Brett Favre. Uh, in all serious, in all seriousness, I think that um, God has woven into the hearts of people made in His image a love for the unlikeliest of persons and the unlikeliest of situations to bring about victory over a bigger enemy. And I think that's seen most in the gospel. Then we get little glimpses of it with these comeback stories. And I think that's why everyone kind of went the story that God has woven into our hearts to love. That's my yeah, theory. That's, that's great, man. You know, we all have weaknesses. We all have. Well, most of us anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for the rest of us, we have to deal with these things. <laughs> Seeing people overcome those things is just a great. It's just a great story. Everybody wants to see a lower seed beat a high seed. You know they they have these apps on the computer where when you're watching the games. Yeah, these watching, apps on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> where if you're watching these epicolations. <laughs> if you're watching a game, if a if a lower seed is about to beat a big seed, or if it's really close in the game, they'll tell you, "Hey, switch over to this game." Good luck. <laughs> Oh, dude, I really? just pictured you at a 1998 Windows computer, like, clicking around. <laughs> <laughs> Linda! Linda, they're telling me to change channel! <laughs> I'm moving on, man. I'm moving on. Dude, we, we forgot to mention the greatest comeback of all time. What's that? Is when Gandalf the White comes over the hill on the first light on the third day. That's the greatest comeback of all time. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, it's minute. <laughs> I think, I feel like a greatest comeback of all time would be something that everyone knows from history, okay. not, like literature. I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm not trying to start a fight. Dan, who, what's the greatest comeback of all time then? You know what? I would need time to think about it, but I think it's much easier to tell you what's not the greatest comeback of all time. Aslan, Gandalf, <laughs> Harry Potter, Dude, the fourth said... Jason Bourne movie. <laughs> <laughs> so who is... <laughs> Who is never gonna have a comeback? Answer that question. Like country wise, or wow. like who is no, no, like who is trying to have a comeback but will never have a comeback? I got one for you. Hillary McDon- McDonald's trying yes, Hillary Clinton. McDonald's trying to market themselves as healthy. That's that's a, that's <laughs> yeah. a comeback that they're trying to do, but it's but never dude, gonna happen. We we will still always buy their trash because it is delicious. <laughs> I just had an Oreo McFlurry and a medium fries at eleven thirty last night. <laughs> And I feel great. Anyways. Bobby Mays. Bobby Mays will never have a comeback, unfortunately. Who the heck is Bobby Mays? The guy on all those infomercials with a big beard. Oh, she's dead. dead. That's why he won't have a comeback. Oh, wow. You gotta cut that bit out. You can't have it. Okay. I will. I will Dude, you don't know if his family's listening. You don't know if they're throng members. <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee his family's listening. <laughs> <laughs> He was actually a Presbyterian, dude. <laughs> that was... <laughs> you know he was dead before he did that. Oh, no! Yes, he was dead. <laughs> dude, but he had one of the most clean black beards I've ever seen. Oh, dude. <laughs> Not only like... It was... 
<laughs> but something to look uh, up to. Like those lines, man, were high and tight, buddy. Oh, they were, dude. Barriers. It was like Tom Selleck's mustache, but like all over his face. <laughs> dude, that is the best comparison ever. <laughs> Dude, it was just an overgrown Tom Selleck mustache. Yeah, it just spread through his whole face. <laughs> Dude, that 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 mustache expanded the boundaries, man. It blew open the border, mm. and it, mm. but then a new one stopped, and it stopped mm-hmm. at the place. <laughs> Dude, oh. <laughs> he had to be clean cut, though. I mean, he had to be tight, mm-hmm. high, and otherwise everybody like, I'm not buying this cleaner. I'm not buying this cleaner. Yeah, if you're clean. not clean, how do I know that your product is yeah. clean? No way, man. No way. I mean, too bad I have to cut all this. I have a feeling I'm not going to. Dude, you, <laughs> what, what happens in the in the threshing room happens in the threshing room, man. Yeah, dude. dude I remember what, what Dr. Phil says. Everything you edit, you're editing out pieces of your friends. Mm. It's not just information. It's not just conversation. It's who we are. Dude. That is what Dr. Phil said to me. Everything is personal. Everything. 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 <clears throat> the greatest comeback of all time is the Exchange Podcast, making our comeback. I was, that's now. global. Take we're that here. to the bank. I mean, we're here. I don't think I don't think a comeback has ever affected this many people. No, no. You know, you know, it's a great comeback when people don't know that we're coming back. You know what I mean? Mm. Like when they when they're like, "Oh, I thought they were doing it all along." That's you know that that's the kind of <laughs> comeback. <laughs> so like. There's this phrase I yell in youth, at youth group, like, <laughs> when we're playing games, if a team starts coming back, and it's a song that by a band called The Weeks, and the name of the song is Comeback Cadillac, and I don't know what the song means at all, um, but I was yelling. Is it hip-hop, or? No, it's, like, rock. And I was, dude, I would never listen to hip-hop, man. You should know me better. Dude, any song that has the name Cadillac in it, if it's I not hip-hop, you already know it's going to be terrible. I don't, I can't even tell you, like, the lyrics to the song, I just know. I just want to hear what you say. Come back, Cadillac. I was yelling. <laughs> and none of the kids know what it means. I don't know what it means, but it has the word come back and Cadillac. Mm. Dude, it's the little things. Dude, the little it, things. It's the little things, man. If you can encourage them to do that better, what else are you encouraging them to do Dude, better? It's unlimited, man. It's unlimited. Mm. Speaking of uh, encouraging and training up in the way that one should go, mm. let's uh, let's talk about baby dedications. <laughs> Talking about what? Baby dedications. Mm. Did you not get No, I I got it. The show oh. she sent out at two a.m. last night. Two a.m. I'm kidding. Yeah, who was up at that time? It was not too gracious. It was not anyway. that Yeah, it was three a.m. Mm. Oh yeah, because you guys are on Eastern, so yeah. Sorry. <laughs> he says sorry. Where do you apologize for that? I was totally oh, joking, man. He's, Don't apologize. I'm not, I'm not sorry, Dr. Phil. Doctor. Dr. Phil, when in doubt, apologize for everything. Mm, yes. Dude, I'm just going to take that and apply it to every area of my that's life. What I, that's what I do with my wife, man. I just, when in doubt, I just apologize for everything. Dude, I'm, those sorry, words, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those words, I'm sorry, are the most magical words <laughs> in the world. They make everything better. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm not married, but dude, it, you, don't I mean, you just yet. follow them around saying I'm sorry. Dude, it, it, it changes everything. And the best part of The most beautiful life, thing... I think the most beautiful thing is that you can do anything wrong and just apologize for it. Dude, mm-hmm. it's like it's like payment for the thing you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You literally it, it evens the account and you don't even really need to know why you're saying it. As yeah. long as you say those words, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like Alex, you know? He's like, you know what? I wanna go to the to the hard cafe down in Chicago, smoke me a cigarette and drink some drinks, Carly. You can take care of the kids. Come back at three in the morning, do a little Facebook posting. Get in bed and you say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Done. Dude, if, forgiven. I've noticed that if you literally just keep saying those words. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> until everything is better. Your yeah. life is going to go so much better. Like, if you just... It's magic. Until they finally get over it. You just mm-hmm. keep saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. It works every time. <laughs> it sometimes <laughs> takes a long time, but it does end up working. Okay. Well, I haven't been married yet, so for me, it's very simple. It just depends I can't, on you, man. It's just I like, can't. I can't think of a single conflict that you can't just say I'm sorry to, and it doesn't make it better instantaneously. Dude, mm. I don't know why people don't use it in court more. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get that. Like, it seems like it would just be the perfect place for it. Mm. But I'm sorry. The judge is like, okay, okay, <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. So here's here's a real thing though with I'm sorry. In English, the phrase "I'm sorry" can both mean "I apologize" and "I feel sympathy towards your situation." Mm. And it's so frustrating that like we don't have different words for those two things because there are many times that those things can be confused. We do, the listener. We do. We do. I feel for you. <laughs> I feel for you. Well, hi there, brother. Well, I, I feel for you. You guys don't use that phrase. I've never no, used dude, that. That's in my weird, life. dude. I feel for you. I feel for you, man. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm really feeling for you. Dude, I use that phrase all the time. Mm, okay. I'm sorry of getting out of awkward situations. This thing right okay, now. I'll try that this week, Alex. All right, yeah, go for you. It'll work out for you. I'm going to use it too. Like, you know, I mean, you can't just say it. You got to like actually make them think that you actually like are feeling for them. That's the key. Okay. That's what you do. You just pretend to care about people? Oh, dude, that's like... That's the job of a pastor. 80% of my life. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. Is that what you said? Well, that's eighty percent of my life. <laughs> oh, I said don't tell my wife. No, no, I, I do feel for people. Do we have real topics to talk about? I feel about. I feel for you. <laughs> you know what? I feel for you guys, and you know what? I feel for the parents who are going through baby dedications, mm-hmm. which is the topic that we're talking about. Did you um, dedicate your babies, Alex? I did. That's a real question. Did you really? You did, you did. Jokes them? aside. Jokes okay. aside. Did you dedicate I them? I actually dedicated them. Yeah, I actually What did you dedicate them to? What did I do? God. God. Yeah. Well, the way our church does it. <laughs> you said well. The way that we've done it and the way that I actually ended up dedicating my children is that it's a, it's an accountability for the parents that we will do our best to raise them up in the Lord. And we do it on Sanctity of Life Sunday. I, I thought you had what about you, Josh? Uh, we did not dedicate Lily. No, we because you uh, don't want to or because your church doesn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just seems, and I'm, I'm really interested in dialoguing with Alex about this now. I've gone to several churches that have dedicated babies, and a lot of times, like, they pull up, like, first Samuel was dedicated to the Lord. But what that meant for him was, like, his mom was saying he's going to serve in the temple. Like, it wasn't, like, a dedication to training them. Right, it seems yeah. like that kind of dedication is more common. Presbyterians when they're baptizing their children like we we see this child as part of our covenant community and we're commenting to work as God works in them and I, I actually went to a church once that that drew the parallel from circumcision to baby dedications not that there was a uh, covenant sense of this but that from their youth we're setting them apart so yeah I'm just really interested to know Alex's philosophy behind baby dedications it just seems like a lot of times it's Baptists who are like, I'm not Presbyterian, but I kind of like what they do, and I want to do something <laughs> with my baby, so I'm going to dedicate. Kind of, the, I mean, I can't speak for like Baptist baby dedications like overall. I can only speak for like the way that we did it, and really, it was more for the parents to raising the kid up in the church with the scripture, teaching them, and trying to rely upon God to raise them. Accountability from the church uh, publicly uh, that they are going to pursue this route of parenting commitment and reliance upon the body of Christ to handle 
your situations in life, uh, being transparent and being uh, asking for help in certain areas in your life. It's not it's not so much setting them apart or like seeing them as members of the covenant community or anything like that. So you're not actually dedicating the baby to anything. No, you're dedicating yourselves. Yeah, dude, I've got to talk to you guys at some point. I cannot I cannot tell this on the air, but about how they circumcise their males in Turkey because they throw oh, a baby. Our listeners would be very interested in that. <laughs> I don't think they would be, man. I think that's the only thing they would listen to. <laughs> On this episode, <laughs> dude, Great anything up. with sex, nudity, profanity, circumcisions, <laughs> that just up. gets the audience, man. Dude, and fighting, which is, we've done a good bit of fighting on this episode. You just gotta yeah. talk, if you talk about sex or the end times. Poor <laughs> <all of> <laughs> alcohol. Alcohol. Boys, let's talk about Christian music. Before, before I deleted both of your phone numbers out of my phone. Dude, that just hurts. I'm just, dude, I'm just kidding. That just really hurts. Dude, there's no way I'd ever do that. I don't want to hear I'm kidding. You know what I want to hear, Alex. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not doing your phone. Thank you. Thank you. We all attended a YouTube concert in Louisville, Kentucky. And some people may wonder why would you go to a concert where Christian music is not being played, rather rock rock music is being played. And what would you say to that question, uh, Josh? It's it's dividing uh, the secular and the sacred into two different realms that Scripture uh, does not divide life into. And I would say that they are people who fulfill the creation mandate and the cultural mandate well. When God says show dominion over the creation, they're taking tones and notes and beats that God has woven into the creation and putting them together in a skillful way to show dominion over the creation God has made, and they do it very, very well. And in that sense, they image God better than most Christian music out there today. Mm. I will say that there are Christians who who do, who do produce music skillfully. They're just not very popular. And I mean, there's a, some people have a fair point that, well, it's not congregational. And I say, okay, sure. But I mean, the, the point of radio was never to play music that people could sing together, find the best music and put it on the air. And I feel like, why does everyone on the radio have that attitude that they just want to have the best music on their station, except for Christians? They don't find the best of Christian music and put it on the radio. Whether it it comes to lyrics or music, like they fail on both standards most of the time. I just wish that Christian radio was more uh, professional because it really makes us look lazy when it comes to the radio world. Well, I think that goes with the arts in general. Christians today tend to not do a good job. There's billboards uh, in Louisville for a certain Christian theme park a, few, a couple hours away from here that one could say has created quite a controversy. <laughs> um, just, just the, uh, just the art of what they have done over the years, and like they're the worst billboards I've ever seen. Like they're so mm. bad. They have these pictures on the billboards, and it looks like it was taken like a pitch black room, and they just like turned the brightness up on iPhoto. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I don't understand why a company that has that much money can't make a good billboard. No oh, man, when you spent mm. all that money building an art, you don't have money for. <laughs> no, I never said that. I never, I never, I never mentioned. You know, I thought those not subtle hints were pointing me in the right direction, but I, mm. I'm like. Yeah, you could spend 40 days and 40 nights working very hard on something. And next thing you know, it all gets flooded and you're just waiting for a white pigeon to get back to you on some word. They just say, that's just you know, the way the world works. They just say, at the end of the day, they're just like, I was all a ham. You know, it's just all a ham. Dude, you're just waiting, playing your grapes, man. Yeah, they're probably, they're, they're, the reason the billboards are so bad is they're just, they're just going and 
getting their kin to do it. They're not, you know, hiring a professional, just their kin. Dude, kind of, and I don't know if you want to keep this in the episode, but kind of on a side note, dude, I could totally get why Noah made a vineyard. You know what I mean? No, I don't know what you mean. He just watched the whole world die. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> in a hundred years, it's like the this is an excuse drunkenness, Alex. No, it doesn't. But I mean, you think that's the point. I feel for him, you know? Like, I totally feel for him. Like, as a side note, you know? Just as a side note. Mm. What do you think about Christian music, man? So, I listen to a, a steady mix of Christian music and of quote-unquote secular music. I, I feel for the notion of popular Christian music being just absolute hot garbage. I can't listen to it, man. I can't do it. I think some churches need to really consider what songs they're singing congregationally and if they're even worth it. Kevin DeYoung has a quote that's like warning pastors against singing songs that can't be sung a cappella 50 years from now around a hospital bed. Like, I think we, we've gone for gimmicks and things like that, and we've neglected like strong scriptural lyric writing. And like, I can, I really commend like Sovereign Grace for their songs. Even when the song isn't like, in my opinion, very good, it's it's still very scriptural. I will say that there are good Christian artists, like mm-hmm. really good ones. When I listen to good Christian music, I get more out of it, and I like it more than when I listen to good non-Christian music. I love. I, I've been. I've actually been listening to you two a lot since we went to the concert. As much as I appreciate their music, when I listen to like Andrew Peterson or something like that, I actually get more out of it. Christians have the potential to make some of the best music. Jo- I think Josh Garrels is good. Josh Garrels is very good. Whenever people ask me for good Christian music, I point them to your indie playlist, Josh. You should link that up, dude. I should link that up. What is put on the radio really isn't the majority of Christian out there, Christian music out there. Yeah. Like it really is mm-hmm. like a small percentage of what's being written, unfortunately. And it's the worst percentage in my opinion. Yeah, it's awful. It's terrible. In response to the question of why you'd go see a YouTube concert, here are some lyrics for you. I believe in the kingdom come, then all the colors will bleed into one, bleed into one. But yes, I'm still running. You broke the bonds and you loosed my chains, carried the cross of my shame. Oh, my shame. You know, I believe it. Yeah, but I just don't think Bono has a, a salvific faith, man. But he redefined what love and salvation were. And it wasn't and it wasn't Jesus Christ. <laughs> really? It was yeah, it was humanitarianism. It was taking in the refugee. And yeah, James says that that is pure religion, but that's not salvation. And I think that he, he says that that is what salvation means. But like, I would take it even a step further that I think that somebody could write lyrics, like a, somebody who's a non-Christian could write lyrics that, that literally like curse God in, in the lyrics. But if they do it skillfully, ironically, they are still fulfilling the cultural mandate. And they're still imaging God in that way. It's something they cannot escape. Let me ask you a question, dude. Is there certain is there music that Christians should not listen to? Ooh, can't do that with two minutes left, man. Can't do that with two Sorry. minutes left. That's another that's topic. A, that's a big topic, man. That's a, All right, dude, we'll, that we'll, a very big topic. Next, if, if, if things stay good and, you know, we stay together through the week, <laughs> we'll, we'll begin our, our episode next week with that question. Mm. Okay. Be thinking about that, Daniel. Be thinking about that. You know, right. I don't want. I don't want to hear. What about Josh? No, I, <laughs> he doesn't want to hear. You have to say those two words at the end of next week. I'm sorry. Mm. Does a contraction count as one word or two words? Here's the thing: if you want to kind of communicate, like, okay, like let's get over it. You say I'm sorry. If you really want to communicate that you're sorry, you say I am sorry. When do you bust out the I am so sorry? Ooh, so or very, like, dude, that's too deep of a question to answer. Right now. <laughs> so very sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
I am cocaine. <laughs> Dude, stop. Stop. You are overwhelming your listeners. I mean, like, you can just keep adding phrase upon phrase upon phrase to, to express your sorrow. And I think the more that you do, the more likely it is that, you know, the resolution will come quicker. So you can say, I, think- I am so, 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 so sorry. Those really are the magic words. Dude, I think the more you say those words, the and the louder you and the louder you are. <laughs> yeah, the louder. And like Bill O'Reilly really got a hold of this one. <laughs> no, he never. He didn't catch that trick. Man. He didn't know the magical words of "I'm sorry." Like he's referring to Colbert's interview with him. He just, yeah. You know what, Bill? You know, what, Bill. People, people only talk about what you say, and they never give you credit for how loudly you say it. <laughs> Dude, Colbert, Colbert is so funny. Dude, the fact that he went on his show. And just roasted him, <laughs> dude. But by complimenting him. By, no, no, Bill. Bill, no. See, I'm emulating you. It's very different. Talk to my lawyer about it. <laughs> What's the difference? He's like, well, when you imitate someone, you have to pay them. When you emulate them, you don't. It's a real thing. Talk to your lawyer about it. <laughs> How he's so funny, man. He's so funny. Boys, it's been All a good right. episode. Throng, just know that we're working through our issues. You know, we're committed. <laughs> this you know you are our children in this and we are we are not (laughs) no and whatever happens this is not your fault (laughs) (laughs) uh, check us out on the exchange pod uh, on twitter and uh uh you know we'll be we'll be doing our best to bring you episodes for now good night and good luck